0: Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to this long weekend for you guys over there in the US, this Memorial Day weekend version of Steelers Q&A. This is your show for those in the live chat. This is the show where you can ask Bad, Brian Anthony Davis, and myself, Matty Peverell from Down Under, any questions you like regarding the Steelers. But
1: Bad, it's been a while since you and I did a show. Good to see you. Oh, wow. This is a pleasure. I always love getting on with either you or Marky D and uh, you know, the great thing about the Sunday night Q&A, and you'll see this internally, I made a schedule. And we put the schedule out to uh, have it go towards, because uh, this show won't be going on during this regular season. So you notice I mixed it up. So we're with people that aren't usually with each other. So this yeah. is this is a great pleasure to be with you, Maddie. I respect everything you do here at BTSC. I love working with you. So this is a treat for me. And it's I don't have to get up for work tomorrow morning. And I just, my BTSC work and that's
0: it. <laughs> well, I had the same thing because I work for an American company and I was out a few days and my boss said, Hey, it's Memorial Day weekend. Why don't you take your Monday off? So I'm enjoying a Monday off here as well right now. So I'm in the same sort of mindset and bad. I just, you know, an hour before the show, I was listening to you and KT, you know, in the, in the past. And now I'm in the future and you're still in the past and I'm with you
1: live. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy, <laughs> but it's good to be with you. That's, that's another show. I mean, I don't think you've ever had a chance to really work with KT, have you? Not really. I think one of the first times,
0: we really, we've only really spoken during some of the draft zooms that we had, but yeah, he's someone that, um, and we did a review of one of the draft picks. I think we did Calvin, no. Yeah, we might've done Calvin Austin. Um, Calvin Austin or Connor Haywood or something like that. But
1: yeah, he's someone that I'm
0: keen to work with in the future, but uh, he's a busy I man. Would, and so I would I. definitely
1: make that happen because you know what? there is so many there's so many different personalities on btsc with so many different backgrounds and i love his background because he's a coach so he sees it from a different angle and we talked about it on the very show that you listened to we talked about different angles and uh, yeah. different, and looking at it from different directions because we don't have the same backgrounds but we respect each other and it's great to hear he wants to know what i'm thinking i want to know what he's thinking so that that every week that that forty minutes with KT Smith Kevin Thatcher Smith by the way great middle name and that's that's so much fun fun for me just like it is I love getting down with the Aussies and I'm pronouncing that right finally after almost two years
0: <laughs> that's it that's it well while we wait for a couple of questions come in the live chat I thought you guys talked about a really interesting situation I guess which is kind of the big news of the week outside of OTAs and that was the hiring of Omar Khan and I think you know certainly your perspective shined through on that show about Steels know what they were doing I you know I thought this was quite interesting as well from the perspective of he was someone that I was really keen on um but didn't want to see Brandon Hunt you know be lost to the Steels organization but you know the funny thing is like I I um, every now and again, I pick up um, A Different Way to Win, the book about, you know, Dan Maroney. And I was in a chapter last night that talked about the hiring of Bill Nunn and all the background to Bill Nunn. You, don't, you know, I, I agree with you, what you and KT Smith were saying around, you know, Omar Khan. It's not that he's not a football guy. But if people think that the Steelers have won Super Bowls off the back of having solely a GM that knows how to scout people, that's not the way it's been done, you know, when you look at the impact that, you know, Bill Nunn had. And it was just funny to read that chapter in this week in the context of everything and how the Steelers, you know, the mentality amount amongst picking people is not just they went to this good college. I mean, the Steelers had – Number of guys come from the HBCU colleges and do really well and that came from that Bill Nunn background and how we've developed and it's you know the cultural fits and what have you. So I mean as, as I said, I'm, I'm really happy with that hire and I think steel fans in time, even if they're not on the on the train now as Mark likes to say, they'll be on the train later on.
1: I love everything Mark has to say, by the way. We, we need to grab him. Hey, Mark, if you're out there listening, just jump on it. We You don't have to be scheduled to jump in. I love working with that guy, too. But you know, the thing about Omar Khan for me, Maddie, it's this. I think the Steelers looked at this situation on we've got so many assets here. And yeah. we know that when we, when we pick somebody over the other, then we are going to lose somebody and who is the one that we don't think is replaceable at this time and i really think that they love what they have with the numbers guy and there's so many more football guys out there than numbers guys so yeah. with the whole assistant gm situation the now the direct the new directors of scouting and personnel so we've got Sheldon Sheldon White in there you have Kevin Colbert's son in there Dan, and what does that tell you? That means if Dan's there, that Colbert's still going to have a vested interest in this. I'm talking about Kevin, which means mm. he never said he was really going to go away. So if nice. Dan Dan's involved, you know he's not going to another franchise in Kevin, and you know that they're going to go ahead and uh he's going to be buzzing in some ears too. Like he's going to be a Yoda. You can call him up and say, "Hey, Dad, I'm taking a look." want to take a trip with me i'm going to uh eastern kentucky to check out this corner or i'm i'm going to bowling green there's a there's this undersized lineman that we think is really tough that we could grab as an undrafted free agent next year you know why don't we go check him out you know that could be something too but i think it's not that brandon hunt wasn't the guy for this team it was the fact that there are more Brandon Hunts out there than there are Omar Khans. And I think that's, that's the situation here. Well, and and Omar Khan is someone that's been
0: a focus of different teams or been a, an attractive person to interview for them for a long time. I mean, you know, Brandon Hunts come into the conversation in the last couple of years. It's not to say, but it's, as you say, it's different perspectives. And I mean, the numbers are just important, just as important as anything. I mean, we've got, there's actually, it's a thinner number than what people realize to spread across, you know, at sometimes it's 90 players and other times it's, you know, what is it? The 66 or whatever it is with the practice squad. So, you know, you've got to be crafty in what you do. You've got to be crafty in the way you have deals and managing who's coming off contract and when and extensions and, and all the rest of it. So, you know, it's a, it's not an, it's it's an easy job to just sit there and say, Oh, it's easy for someone to work the numbers, but it's a lot harder practically, um, you know? and, And so that's, that's the thing there with Omar Khan.
1: But you know yeah, what, is- oh, let me just jump in real quick. Last thing about Omar Khan. I make this joke all the time, but it's not really a joke. I'd love Omar Khan to come and help my wife balance the budget in the Davis house. <laughs> I mean, seriously, this guy, I say I say it every year at free agency when, when people don't think that the Steelers have any money under the cap. And I'm talking about 2020 especially. And what I'm saying is this man knows how to find coins in couch cushions. He's really yeah. good at it. He knows where to find it. He knows how to juggle. He's just perfect. I mean, he will say, hey, yeah, you could afford that steak. But, hey, on Tuesday, let's just dial down the uh, dessert. And that's really who this guy is. So he's really good for the Steelers there. So I, I'm really excited about it.
0: Oh, me too. And I think the the vital edition as well is going to be something that Steel fans prove to be very happy about over the next few years as well. Um, And you talked about that on the Here We Go Steelers show. But it is Steelers Q&A, so let's crack into some questions. Sean Manahan, um, definitely a BTSC regular. Uh, Do you think Pickens will become our number one wide receiver? Um, I guess, you know, Bab, that's kind of a two-part question. Do you think he'll become our number one wide receiver this year, or do you think it's something he can do over the life
1: of his rookie contract? I'm not worried about the rookie contract um, as far as that goes. Excuse me. I'm not worried about the rookie year for George George Pickens. This is still Deontay Johnson's year. George Pickens is there to be moved in. I mean, you don't want him to be the number one receiver right away. You want to ease him in and let him just definitively take over when he's ready to take over. But you still have some guys capable of being number ones. Spare me the, hey, we've got four number two. Spare me that. No, you've got a number one Deontay Johnson. And there's a lot of talking about Deontay Johnson right now. And that's something you'll hear tomorrow on my Bad Language podcast. But just be careful with the whole Deontay Johnson thing. He hasn't made demands yet. We're assuming mm-hmm. he's going to make demands. Christian Kirk got a lot of money. All I'm going to say about that is if that guy gets a lot of money, I sit back and say, hmm, you know, maybe I'm worth that too. And we've seen some flashes of brilliance. And we talked about this the other day on the preview and Dave Schofield said something very interesting and it was about number one wide receivers and they're like if Mitch Trubisky starts out at quarterback your number one option at wide receiver is going to be Deontay Johnson probably if it's Kenny Mm -hmm. Pickett it's probably going to be George Pickens because that's kind of how they work out with each other George Pickens I think is going to be phenomenal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He doesn't have to be phenomenal in 2022. He has to just have an upside going into 2023. What you get from George Pickens, what you get from Calvin Austin III is gravy. The guys that are going to be serving the meals, though, are going to be Deontay Johnson, and it has to be Chase Claypool as well.
0: Yeah, look, I don't disagree with you on a lot of that. I mean, I think if if Pickens can have the rookie year that Claypool had, I think we'll all be pretty happy with that. Right. And and so that's, and he might need to, if Claypool doesn't stack up, but I, I don't really want to walk down that path on this show. That's a whole show in itself. But I think that for me, you know, you're right. Deontay Johnson hasn't made any claims yet. I did see a list with the top five or the top 10 paid wide receivers in the league. And, you know, Kirk's above a guy like a Keenan Allen, you know, I, I've always loved Keenan Allen. I think if, you know, the thing the, the problem for me with Deontay Johnson is even throughout these years, I'm not sure he's proved a 20 to $22 million plus contract, but that's just me. And this is the year he can do it. So, and he's still on his rookie contract. That's what a rookie contract is for. So I think there's a lot of assumptions being made by Deontay Johnson right now. The other thing as well is if you're Deontay with Deontay Johnson, you need to sit back and think, well, Hey, I've got Mitch Trubisky here, who's been a backup for a year, you know, got run out of Chicago. I've got Kenny Pickett, who's a rookie out of Pittsburgh, picked number 20th in the draft, as much as all of the Steelers fans love, you know, already are probably falling in love with him. Who's to say that, they, that there's no struggles there? Like, does Deontay, Deontay Johnson might say, I want to sit behind, look at a Juju. You know, Juju went over to, you know, Kansas City, and I know the Steelers didn't necessarily want to pay Juju what teams like the Chiefs were prepared to pay him. But, Deontay Johnson might want to go with a proven quarterback on a win-now team. I mean, we all think the Steelers are win-now, and I truly believe that. But he might he might not think so after a while. So I just bring that up because there's a lot of assumptions being made about Deontay Johnson right now and what he thinks and what he wants. You know, let, Let's just see what
1: happens. Let's just take the patient route. Unfortunately, we are now in a situation with the way the NFL is now mm. that there is not going to be a lot of those guys sticking around with the same team. I mean, I never thought you'd see Tyreek Hill on another team. I never thought, yeah. and that escalated quickly, you know, but that it's was getting smart though. I mean, the Kansas yeah. city chiefs got a ransom for that. A King's ransom and, and and they really did. Now you look at what Deontay Johnson can do this year. And he has, he has an opportunity to go off and earn that money. I think in the long run, I would be shocked at this moment to see him be in Pittsburgh in 2023. But that's a business decision. And that's a business decision that Deontay needs to make for the Johnson family, and the Steelers need to make that for the Rooney family and the Tomlin family and the families of the 53 because that King's ransom is pretty hard to pay. But that doesn't make him a pariah because he wants to make that money. So you've you've got to understand, with Juju Smith-Schuster, if they were to play Kansas City this year, there'd be hugs like crazy. I'm not. I'm not going to have a problem rooting for Juju Smith-Schuster. He couldn't have gotten that money here. Just like when I saw Javon Hargrave go to the Pro Bowl with with Philadelphia, I thought that was awesome. I thought that was great. You know, we saw a superstar, a potential superstar wide receiver, leave, and the Steelers win the Super Bowl that very same year that he left in Plexico Burris you know, sometimes that you set the team up to be able to lose a guy like that. The Steelers this year, by picking at two and four wide receivers and the guys that they did, they set themselves up to go ahead and lose this guy. Just like, I know it was a little early and premature, but go back to 2010. When they picked two wide receivers in that draft, in the third round was Emmanuel Sanders. In the sixth mm. round, it's Antonio Brown. They mm. picked those guys because one, they had a lot of picks. I think they had 10 picks that year. Yeah. But also, they they might have saw the writing on the wall after his rookie season on what Mike Wallace could do. And with the fact that Heinz Ward's getting old, and you have Antoine Randall L as your coming back as your third wide receiver, that we need to get some new life in here. And if one of these guys do leave then we've got our backup plan in place. And so that's it. This is this is looking at the future, but not having to put them in now and make that, a, it's not a big deal what they do right now in 2022. But what the big deal is, is if they add more, if you get greatness from the two receivers and you get really good with a bright future from the other two, then you're set up to have Deontay Johnson walk.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I think my two things before we bring up the next question there are, one, I still say what I said, uh, stick by what I said to Mark this time last year. Or it might have even been me, January last year. I think Juju finishes his career in Pittsburgh. I think he's the sort of guy you see come back at the end and be that veteran third or fourth wide receiver. I, I just I, I just see it in the future. That's, that's what my crystal ball's showing up right now. But I think the other thing with Deontay Johnson is, You know, he may prove to be, even if he doesn't have the best, you know, you know, a year that a lot of people think is worth, you know, $25 million a year money. What is Claypool doing? You know, and and if Claypool has a down year, they might have to pay Deontay Johnson, you know, because Pickens and Austin might not be ready yet to take, you know, one and two or two and three or one and three, depending on however this, you know, wide receiver room shakes out. So there are a lot of unknowns and there are a lot of conclusions being jumped to. But Sean Manahan brings up a different um, key player on the offense in Najee Harris, and Najee Harris, and how many carries per game he's going to get. I'm going to go over and under on this one, Brian. Do you think that Najee over and under 20
1: averages 22 carries per game? I would have to say over on that. I really, and and it scares me. I think they're going to run the wheels off of them, and that yeah. that's just something that and and we as Steeler Nation. We've seen this so much throughout history, and we've seen it with Mike Tomlin. He loves the bell cow, and that's that's the way he does some things. But that has always scared the bejeebers. I don't have any bejeebers anymore. I don't know if (laughs) in Australia if you have bejeebers, but I don't have them because they're scared out of me because right now this is the guy that is going to carry your team as you have the transition, because you don't have a Ben Roethlisberger to carry the team. And Ben Roethlisberger was unable to carry the team to the lengths that that he wanted to last year and what they needed to. But you risk the injury. The other thing that scares me is the fact that the man went 17 games, did not get hurt, but got banged up, really banged up hard in week 17. He got banged up. And we we feel like the offensive line is going to improve. And if the offensive line improves, that he can take the onus off of the quarterbacks, whether it's a young Kenny Pickett or whether it's a Mitch Trubisky trying to find his way back into Gloria. Gloria, not Gloria. Um, I don't know who she is. Um, I mean, God bless you, Gloria, wherever you are. Um, but if he's trying to get back to be a top-tier quarterback And if that happens, you really need Najee. Najee's the guy that has to carry this team, but it can't be at the expense of Najee because Najee goes, everything gets weaker. He's the foundation.
0: Yeah. And for me as well, you know, he had 307 rush attempts in, you know, 2021. There's 307 rush attempts behind this O-line that might be a much easier 307 rush attempts than the 307 that he had last year, you know? So, you know, he's got a year of football behind his belt. You know, I, if they're smart, I, I think they, and there's also a thing where they can run the wheels off him, but do it in a way where he snaps are still managed. I think they're going to use him more in the short passing game um, as well. You know, so th- things will be managed, but in terms of the overall 381 touches, I think he had in the regular season last year, you know, he he's gonna be having the, probably about the same amount again, if not breaking the four hundred mark. So um, you know, but he proved he could do it in his rookie year as well. And that's why you get an older back, you get a bigger back like that, you get a back that's played SEC football for a team like an Alabama. Um, still nation 412, quick fire. I mean, we like talking about the Steelers here, but who will win more? Us or Cleveland?
1: I think they're in shambles right now. I think oh yeah, you know, Deshaun Watson. Might have, uh, he might be taking everybody on trips and cruises, but he's not going to be playing for much in the first half of the season. And I would not be surprised if, if he gets, look, right now, if you said over under being eight games, I would say that over, he gets more than that. I really think that, that he's in a situation where the NFL is going to go ahead and throw some, major sanctions at him mm. Baker Mayfield I'm still not convinced he's playing for the, the Cleveland Browns and as a Steeler fan I'd rather him play for the Cleveland Browns because I don't believe in them Yeah. The, the only I mean the only place I don't want to see him play is in Pittsburgh <laughs> but I don't mind him visiting once a year that's fine <laughs> so no I, I would say the Steelers so much more than Cleveland I think the Steelers are going to have that that team that surprises you th- there because they might have lost a franchise quarterback but the foundation is there and what they're bringing in is is going to be very helpful. I look at one thing which they didn't have the foundation at quarterback that much. they were in transition at quarterback going from 1991 to 1992. they were in transition at head coach they went from the legend of Chuck Noll to an unknown guy that all he had was a great yinzer accent and a cool mustache and that was Bill Cowher <laughs> everybody was saying that man sports illustrated right before the season started had the steelers at 4 and 12 they went 11 and 5 had the number 1 seed won the division and you know the rest is history what happened you know great career for for coach Cowher So I don't think the transition this, we know this is not a rebuild. So I really think that, that if the Steelers don't have the year that we expect of them, I still don't think it's fourth place. They are third place at worst in this division. Yeah. I think,
0: I think they're going to go right in there and contend uh, for the division. I think they are going to surprise people, like you said. And even if, they can just scrape through with the seventh seed. I think they're going to be a team in the playoffs if they can make it that far. That teams are not going to want to play against the Steelers, you know, particularly if this defense and this secondary can get into, you know, into the equation. Uh, the next question we've got is from Johnny Bravo Bad, and he says, "What do the Steelers do at QB if Trubisky plays great and makes a deep playoff run?" So we would start talking about, you know, the prospects for the Steelers. What do you do then with Trubisky?
1: then you have options you have yeah uh, you know, you know th- th- this is what sucks. This is because you're playing with humans you're you're turning yeah. them into chess pieces and poker chips you're you're turning them into pawns and and I hate to think about that but what you do is you just decide if you're still excited about Kenny Pickett then you dangle them and you see what you can get out of Mitch trubisky if even if he has a deep run, because then his value sky high, or you just say that hey, we're we think what Mitch Trubisky did in year number one could mean a Lombardi trophy in year number two, then you just say, well, we're going to delay the Kenny Pickett era one year, and that's okay too. But that's a good problem to have because you have Kenny Pickett there. if you. If your problems, you have two very good quarterbacks that, in different ways, showed up, and you have a wealth—that's a lot better than having two that suck. And next thing you know, you're like, ah, oh, yeah, we got to pick, it. we got to try to uh, trade up and pick a quarterback because we whiffed on Pickett and whiffed on Trubisky. Yeah, I mean that's the worst thing. So if you have two good guys, you know, that's that's rich guy problems. That's like Maddie. I'm sure back in the day you 've had two hot dates at the same time and you were trying to decide which one to continue seeing and which one to call when uh when you have a spat
0: yeah yeah and I think there yeah, <laughs> you you take the long term who's gonna be the long-term better prospect um, and that's the that's that's the challenge I think that you've got. Um, with that, I mean that scenario worries me a little bit. I've got to say, you know, like I think even if there's a deep playoff run, it's still got to be any man's job this time next year. I think, you know, if I think there'll be a lot of fans that are pretty cranky if if Kenny Pickett's not pushing Mitch Trubisky out the door even by you know by this time next year, um, or at least going through training camp next year. Um, but that's okay because if that's not going to work out, move him on and then we can uh, draft Archie Manning, who's going to lead. Tech the Texas Longhorns back to the promised land, you know. But uh, we're jumping a lot of guns there. Um, but interesting question here from Shrek Johnny's friend. Um, maybe that's Johnny Bravo's friend. I don't know. Um, but I, I what would opponent... think Johnny
1: Bravo's buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's Johnny about. Bravo. I think Johnny Bravo has two accounts, <laughs> he's got two accounts
0: one on the mobile or one on the one on the computer. Um, that Shrek Johnny's friend says, What opponent are you worried about playing this season? Interesting question, then.
1: Well, you know, I I really got to say, I'm not one of those guys that say that the Cincinnati Bengals are an aberration. But the one team I'm not worried about playing, and I always every year I'm saying I'm worried about playing the Baltimore Ravens. I'm less worried about playing the Baltimore Ravens because of one man, and it's Brian Flores. And the reason I'm saying that, when you saw, man, when you saw what Miami did to this team last year, befuddled Lamar Jackson, completely befuddled yeah. him. And the Steelers typically do well against Lamar Jackson, but Lamar was doing nothing against the Brian Flores defense. And so I'm just going to say that. So that's a team I'm going to take off the list. I think Cincinnati, eh, we got to look inside the division here. And I think it's Cincinnati. If we look outside of the division, probably Buffalo. And I'll say on the regular season schedule, don't sleep on the Las Vegas Raiders. I think they're pretty tough, but that's a division that they're going to beat each other up in the AFC East, who the Steelers play the most of. Yeah, nobody scares me, but Buffalo, but Buffalo could be an L that you take because it's on the road. I don't think you go in there after beating them last year and you go in and have an easy time of it. I just think what you do is you're going to have some teams you're going to struggle with, you're going to have some good teams that you're going to do well against, but in the division, I still feel like I have to worry about the Cincinnati Bengals because they addressed their needs, they addressed the offensive line, they addressed the defensive backfield, and that was their weakness going into the Super Bowl. They're going to be tough. Do I expect them to win the Super Bowl this year? No but I expect them to be the favorite for the division and be pretty tough.
0: Yeah, I, uh, for me, it's the Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders are an absolutely is an absolutely key game. It's week 16. It's another team that's, you know, if they're playing half as well as they should, they should be in the mix for, you know, um, or at least in the playoff hunt. If you can't go out and beat them after what happened last year at Heinz Field, that's a real problem for me going into the playoffs, even if we're sitting pretty at the top of the division. So that's the game I'm kind of looking forward to down the, down the schedule um, because I think that's going to tell you a lot um really quickly as well. And, and they've retooled in a lot of different ways. They've gotten much better on defense, you know, particularly if there's a Kenny Pickett in that sort of a week, that that's the sort of game that you'll be able to see whether Kenny Pickett's the guy or not. Um, so I'm pretty interesting in that Las Vegas Raiders game. who, um, who do you expect, actually, I'm going to ask a question there, to be, you know, people brought up the AFC West, you know, schedule and obviously we're, we're taking on some of those teams, you know, who do you expect to top that division? Because that division right now, everyone's calling that the loaded division, but they might knock each other around and put people each other out of playoff contention.
1: So, you know, I'm I'm still not ready to say that the Chiefs are done. You know, you just, you just really can't. You know, they, they did not have a bad offseason. Sure they lost Tyreek Hill but look what they added and they were they they kind of reloaded. They also have some draft picks coming their way. I'm still I, I'm not a Chiefs guy, but I believe in the Chiefs more than I believe in everybody else. I think the Chargers are going to be good, but mm-hmm. there's so many years that I thought the Chargers were going to be good. The one year that they went to the, to the Super Bowl, they weren't supposed to be that good. But when they're favorites, they don't really come through. They they haven't had the history of coming through. Denver scares the hell out of me because Denver knows how to win. Mm. The Raiders, if like you just said, they've done some pretty good things, but the Chiefs are still the cream of that division, and it's going to be hard to tell me that they're not. Is there a game that
0: you'll – I'm going to flip that question um, in the absence of another from the live chat. Is there a game you're really
1: not looking forward to? Wow. I um, wasn't ready for that question. Maybe the Buffalo game. Maybe Buffalo's the game I'm not looking forward to, but really not too many. Well, yes, for different reasons. And uh, you've already agreed to work on uh, on Christmas Eve here in America. <laughs> That's <fine. laughs> because That's fine. <laughs> because that just – I thought it would have been a great podcast for when we did the schedule – for uh, Dave Schofield, Jeff Hardman, and myself to have our wives on the show and let them know that the Steelers have a primetime game on Christmas Eve, because we were like, "Oh, damn!" I mean, I would have loved to have had their their reactions. Um, but no, you know, there's really nobody that uh, I, I think they're going to be fine. I mean, they're are they going 17? and 0? no, no. You know, I mean, I think I think it's realistic to say that that 10 and seven or 11 and six is a good year in this day and age of the NFL. And I have no problem with that. So you're going to lose some games. I just, Buffalo is probably the team that, that scares me the most. And somebody said, Hey, don't sleep on, on Bill Belichick. You know, Hey, I have no problem saying that that's a team. That's always going to be a contender. No matter who the quarterback is. Do I believe in Mac Jones? No, but do I believe in, bill belichick yeah um snowman mentions playing the rat bird scares him. they usually it usually does for me i get but i get so excited for for baltimore mm-hmm. week and i like the way the steelers have been playing them lately yeah so i i guess cincinnati kind of scares me this year but anybody else i guess buffalo but nobody in the nobody in the nfc i mean even tom brady coming in you know that'll be a good game because the st- and the reason I'm I'm shaping my answer the way I am is because the Steelers do well against good teams.
0: Yeah. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. I mean, and, and Brian Brown brings it up correct. Not looking forward to a Steelers game that doesn't compute. It's just one that we don't you don't particularly like on the schedule. It might be there's a short turnaround or what have you. Like you know, the, the Colts game comes an interesting time for the Steelers. That could be a really important one in the AFC shakeout. That you don't yeah you don't want to lose away in Lucas Oil Field and what have you. Um, so you know, it's those sorts of games that you know when it affects your playoff contention like I don't like the Panthers game because that's the sort of game that I that's that Tomlin lose against a you know average team game <laughs> that you know could affect them down the stretch as well but you know these are all things that will play themselves out and you know maybe maybe Brian I know wrong maybe they run the table maybe they go 17 and 0 maybe they better the you know 11 you know 11 and 0 from a few years ago but uh but I think it, it's get at the end of the day what what we think now is there's a lot of you know a lot to happen OTA is to continue and you know you've got mini camp and so not mini camp you've got training camp and then you've got the preseason like there's a lot of water to
1: go under the you know all the bridges of Pittsburgh there definitely is and the thing you've got to worry about is and Dave yells at me every time I say this but you've got to worry about an injury, and you that do. That's going to, that is going to not just affect the Steelers. It's going to affect one of those teams that we mentioned. I forgot about the Colts game. That's probably the scariest game on the schedule. Now that I think about it, and I'm glad Mm -hmm. you brought it up. I mean, the Colts are, are I think going to be superb this year. I I really think they are. Um, I actually predicted when we did the way too early predictions that the Colts beat the Steelers in the off season and the Steelers beat them in the playoffs and the Mm -hmm. Colts are the number one seed. I, uh, I, I'm going back to 2005 and looking forward to start all over there. Um, But, you know, I, I just, uh, you see a team like that, that you expect to be amazing. And then that injury bug hits you. And then they're a team that you're not talking about. Everybody was talking about Seattle last year. Everyone thought Seattle could have been really good last year. Could have won, could have been in the Super Bowl, And that injury took them out of it. And injuries take guys out of it. 100%, 100%. But I think with that, that wraps up this Memorial Day
0: weekend's edition of the Steelers Q&A. Dad, it's been a pleasure to be with you. It's been a pleasure to be with all our BTC listeners live on YouTube and Facebook and those that will be listening to us on the audio side, behind the com your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, your non-stop shop, and you can find us anywhere where you get good podcasts.